Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those who are watching online as well. I have some big announcements today. So um, some of you may have heard or just seen on the um, announcements on the screen, but our church conference that was scheduled for October 3rd has been moved um, to Tuesday, September 27th at 6 p.m. So that's, that's when you, you come to vote. That's what that is, the church conference. For those that are members, that's going to be moved to Tuesday, September 27th at 6 um, and also our speakers that were scheduled for October have moved as well. Um, that's going to be Monday the 26th, the day before the church conference, and that will be Reverend Harvey Beck and um, Reverend Kevin Thomas will be here uh, Monday, September 26th at 6 p.m. And then today we have speakers coming at 3 p.m., and that's um, Reverend Eddie Gooch and Reverend Belinda Reeves at 3 o'clock. So, and I know what is on everybody's mind when I look out in this congregation. I know what you're thinking. What about pickleball? Am I right? That's what everybody's talking about. So, the, the uh, representative from the pickleball, uh, pickleball uh, was here on Wednesday night, and he helped set up in the gym to show us what that was all about. So, we're going to start having pickleball here. And Grover, I see you. I'm challenging you to a game of pickleball in the very near future. So, the youth played. It was a blast. Um, also, a huge announcement, Fall Fest is back Wednesday, October 19th here at the church. So uh, you are going to want to help Catherine because it's going to be awesome, isn't it? It's going to be amazing. But you didn't think you could get away with not helping, did you? We need your help. Um, so we need snack cakes for the cakewalk, individual wrapped candy, and volunteers to hand out candy and help run the games. It's going to be so much fun. And my last announcement is our youth are uh, not going to be here next Sunday because we're going to be camping at Camp Lee on Saturday and staying over. Uh, so we'll be there Sunday morning to do church ourselves at camp. Um, so be praying for us as we're at Camp Lee. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we pray that you will help calm our hearts and our minds this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Welcome to you. I want to welcome you and welcome those who are worshiping with us by Facebook Live. I'm so glad that you're here and I'm glad that we get to worship together today. Um, I want to say to you thank you for supporting your church. I was talking with one of our church members earlier today and and he was remarking uh, about how uh, our, our church giving has been good and all the way through the what I used to call and Pastor Ken you know about this the dog days of summer when you when everybody goes on vacation and forgets to give to their church we haven't had that we haven't had that you have been very faithful so thank you for doing that and thank you for giving your service and your time and your gifts and and every way that you support your church uh, is much much appreciated by by those of us who are trying to carry on the mission of this church so thank you so much. You can give online, you can give by text, you can drop it in the plate, you can mail it. Um, we appreciate all of it. Let's pray that God will bless our giving. God, we do thank you for your great faithfulness and we want to mirror that. We thank you for giving everything for God so loved that he gave. We, we want to mirror that. And God, you have given us every good and perfect thing that we have from our life to our talents and to our gifts and our time, we want to offer that to you because what else can we do in, in response to how good you've been to us? Bless now the tithes and offerings that they might be used to upbuild your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
please be seated. As we go into our time of prayer, I want to call your attention to these beautiful flowers here. Uh, and the flowers go along with our prayer. Sometimes they are uh, flowers that are left over from a wedding or some special event in our church and the family leaves them here for us to enjoy. Today they are our flowers of remembrance. As you know, today is September 11th and that is uh, just a somber, momentous day for all of us. And so we are going to kind of center our prayer around that. And, and later on, uh, you're going to get to hear a special anthem that is also connected to that, that JT is going to tell you more about later. But during our prayer time today, we're going to pray um, a prayer that was written after 9-11. And I, I ask you to remember in your heart those who are um, grieving in uh, very, very painful ways today as they remember 9-11. Will you pray with me? Oh God, you are our hope and our refuge and in our distress, we come running to you. The shock and the horror of the tragic day of September 11th have subsided for us, but for many people, it brings back painful memories. For many people, they are left with an emptiness that can't be filled. For all of us, we are left with a longing for an innocence that was lost that day. God, we come remembering those who lost their lives in New York and in Washington, D.C. and in Pennsylvania. We are mindful of the sacrifice of the public servants who demonstrated the greatest love of all by laying down their lives in trying to help their friends. God, we commit all of their souls into your eternal care and we celebrate their gifts to a fallen humanity. God, we remember today and we come to you in hope, but hope not in ourselves, but in you. And as foundations we once thought were secure have been shaken, we are reminded that all security, except for you, is an illusion. You are our refuge. You are our rock. And in commemorating this tragedy, we also give you thanks for your presence, your very real presence in our time of need. We seek to worship you in spirit and in truth, as we ask you to teach us to pray the prayer you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
we have um, awesome kids in this church and we have an awesome children's director miss Catherine is going to take our kids to children's church now so if you'll follow her she'll be down here to my left and to your right and just go along with her and I know y'all are going to have a lot of fun in the meantime we are going to stay here in big church as we used to say and stand as you're able and sing number 714 I know whom I've believed On this day 21 years ago, many of us stood and sat and watched in disbelief as we saw what had happened to our country. As we saw planes fly into buildings, as we saw people's lives were turned upside down. And in the text of the um, anthem we're going to sing, there's a line that says, from this abyss of doubt and fear, we grope for words to pray. 
And I think we all felt that that very day as we saw what happened to our country. So this morning, we'll sing a piece entitled, When Sudden Terror Tears Apart. The dust had barely settled on the ground when Carl Dow wrote the text of this hymn that has been incorporated in many um, recent hymnals that have been published. And so the choir will sing this anthem today. The words are found on the back of your order of service. I encourage you to read along as we sing so you can actually hear and feel the text of what we sing this morning.
you so much, choir and JT and Rhonda and Benny. Um, I want to um, just remind you of a couple of things this afternoon. Um, at three o'clock, we're going to have our, our next round of speakers. Pastor Belinda Reeves will be speaking at 3 o'clock, and Pastor Eddie Gooch will be speaking at 4.15. I hope that you will come and join us. We've had to uh, adapt and improvise um, and make some changes, and I want to kind of tell you about how that came to be. Um, our, as you know, we're, uh, we've been working diligently for weeks. Uh, a, a committee of us together, the staff, and, and a bunch of you all have been praying um, over the vote that we have coming up for our church. And we had uh, just about ready to go. Um, Sheila and Susan had, had gotten all of our letters ready to go out with, with all of our instructions on our church vote, our church conference, which was going to be uh, October the 3rd. And so we we're ready to go with that. And then we had to hit the brakes because I found out this weekend that... Uh, None of our churches are going to be able to have uh, church conferences in October uh, because of the, the pension numbers or something that we're, we're given are only good through September 30th. So what we had to do is we either had to back up into September to get our, our vote in or kick it down the road to November and everybody said, we don't want to wait till November. We're tired of fooling with all this. We want to just do this. So we, um, we does anybody else feel like that too? Uh, yeah. Okay, let's do this. So we found the date. And, and so the date is Tuesday, September 27th. It will be at six o'clock. So we're going to be sending out letters to all of our church members. We've changed our signs. We've changed the, the church website. Um, but I just kind of want you to know that, that we really are trying to do our best to make it as clear and understandable as we can. We're not trying to make it complicated. We're not trying to make you feel like you have whiplash from the changes. We're adapting and we're improvising. And as the 10th the Beatitude says, blessed are the flexible for they will not get bent out of shape. That's what we're going to go with. Okay, I just wanted you to say that Pastor Andy announced it earlier, um, but I wanted, I wanted you to kind of hear it again. Um, I want you to join me as we look at our gospel lesson for today. It is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. And I want to ask you, as you're able, will you stand for the reading of the gospel today? Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. 
Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Over in Luke chapter 20, some people were coming to Jesus and trying to trap him. They tried to do that all the time. They tried to trick him, tried to trap him, tried to get him in a catch-22 situation, but he never fell for it because he, he, he was always a step ahead of them. But today in Luke chapter 20 that I'm telling you about, a person came up and had a coin and said, um, hey, is it lawful for good Jews to pay taxes to Caesar? Well, of course, that was a trap. They were trying to, to see uh, if Jesus said no, then they would immediately go to the Romans and say, oh, this is a revolutionary. Oh, he's trying to get us not to pay taxes. And they would get him in trouble with the Romans. On the other hand, if he said yes, then they would say, well, well, look, this, this coin's got a graven image on it. And, and you're trying to get us to do something that breaks the second commandment that Moses gave us. So it was a no-win situation. But Jesus took the opportunity to teach a deeper lesson. He said, let me see that coin. And they handed him the coin. And, and he said, whose image do you see on this coin? And they said, Caesar's, because there was a picture of a graven image of Caesar on the coin. And underneath it, by the way, underneath the image of Caesar, it said, son of God. And so you could see how offensive that would be to the Jews. But Jesus got out of the emotion of that and taught a deeper lesson. He said, so you see Caesar on this, so render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. How many of you have heard render to Caesar the things that are Caesar? Bob Blunt says it to me every April 15th. <laughs> Pastor Sam, you render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But, but render to God the things that are God's. You see, we, you and I, are stamped with God's image, right? So your life, your love, your worship, your everything, render to God the one to whom you belong, to God and God alone. We belong to God. We all do are made in God's image. So there's a part of us that's never going to be right until we're at home with God, at peace with God. That's why St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And that's true whether you're a religious person, whether you're not a religious person, there's something that's restless inside of you until you're where you belong, right? To your home. We all belong to God. Yes, every single one of us, but not every single one of us, as you know, 
is at rest and at home with God. And that's what Luke chapter 15 is all about. The gospel for today is about being lost and being found, being out of place and being back in place, being not usable for one's purpose and then being back to the place that one is usable for one's purpose. So we could summarize Luke chapter 15 if we wanted to. And everybody always says, preacher, get to the point. My wife being one of them, get to the points, land that plane, whatever. So I think we can summarize it in six words. And what got me to thinking about this was, I remember one time Tammy and I were watching Jeopardy and she oftentimes beats me in Jeopardy when we're calling out answers. This was one of them. One of the categories was six word summaries of Shakespearean plays. And um, so she was firing them off like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna test your skill. Are you up for it? You ready for a test? And if you're, if you're worshiping uh, with us by live stream, type the answer in there and let's see how quick you are on the buzzer. Six word summaries of Shakespearean plays. Ready? Here we go. To be or not to be, six words. Hamlet, did I hear somebody say Hamlet? Okay, Uh, this was a little bit easier. Ready, six words. What light through yonder window breaks? Yeah, Romeo and Juliet, okay. How about a contemporary play? I'm not throwing away my shot. Ah, I heard somebody say Hamilton. Yeah. Okay, anybody who likes classic rock, let me ask you about this one. Stuck in the middle with you. Steeler's wheel, yes, I knew somebody would get that. I want you to know that's kind of how I feel with all this church folk stuff. Stuck in the middle with you, okay. Clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right, okay. All right, no offense, Pastor. Does that make you a joker or a clown? I don't know. So I thought I would summarize um, chapter 15 of Luke with six words. Not a six-word sermon, so don't get excited. I've already passed that. Just six words that are kind of the core of this lost and found chapter. One, word number one, belonging. Because we have a story of a sheep and shepherd, we have a story of a woman who has 10 coins, this one, and we have the prodigal son story, which we didn't get to, but you know it. Belonging, because all of the sheep belong to the shepherd, all 100 of the sheep belong to the shepherd, right? All 10 coins belong to the woman, and both sons belong to the father. Belonging, belonging. So, Everyone that you know, you'll never look into the face of someone who is not stamped with the image of God, who does not belong to the God. All 100 sheep belong to the God, including the one that wandered off and got in trouble. All 10 coins, including the one that fell through the cracks. Both sons, including the one that ran away to a far country. Belonging. And the second one kind of goes with it, valued valued the owner places high value on that which is owned it's very very important it's beloved it's all everything 
is, is important. All hundred sheep, all ten coins, both sons, highly valued. You will never look into the face of somebody that is not highly valued by God. They might get on your nerves, but they're highly valued by God, right? So how much value? Well, how much is anything worth? It's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it, right? You ever look on eBay and see how somebody, much pay, somebody paid for something? You thought, oh, I wouldn't have paid that, but more power to you. Several years ago, there was a, a, a grilled cheese sandwich that supposedly had the image of the Virgin Mary on it that was auctioned off for $28,000. Was that grilled cheese sandwich, stale grilled cheese sandwich, I might add, worth $28,000? Was to somebody, not to me, you know? Well, let me ask you this. How much would you pay for a water cup that supposedly was, was drunk from by Elvis in 1977? How much would you pay for that? I know we got some Elvis fans in here. Some of y'all went to that new movie. Pastor Sam would pay zero for it. Because, like, I ain't paying that for a water cup. Someone paid, what, $455. They probably could have sold it for more than that. I don't know. So, something is worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it. I'm saying that because I want to say this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and chapter 7, Paul reminds the church at Corinth that they were bought with a price. And I want to tell you today, you and I are bought with a price. What is the price that the owner has, bought, has paid for us? Well, John 3.16 tells us. And y'all could quote that with me, couldn't you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How much was God willing to give for that which he highly valued and loved? Everything, everything, everything. So that which is belonging to the owner, that which is highly valued and beloved by the owner, the next word is lost. Lost, something belonging and beloved by the owner is lost, it's out of place, it's not where it's supposed to be. The sheep wanders off. Why did the sheep wander off? Well, because sheep are dumb. Why do you think that we, God's people, are compared to sheep in the Bible? Okay, okay, add them up, connect the dots. <laughs> you know, we need a shepherd. We don't have sense enough to do it on our own. The sheep wanders off. The coin just falls out and falls through the cracks maybe rolls under something. It just, we don't know why, but the prodigal son, the story we didn't get to, the prodigal son just rebels and says, I've had enough of this podunk town. I'm not working on the farm anymore. I'm running away. And he runs off on his own. Whatever the results, the why is not as important as the fact that something's lost. Now, we hear something uh, all the time in, in the South, in the, in the Bible Belt, about being lost. And it might mean one particular thing to one person and something else to another person, but I want you to think about it maybe, maybe in a different way than you ever have before. Dallas Willard, whose books I recommend, all of his books I recommend, one, he has a book called Renovation of the Heart, 
And he talks about being lost as being out of place and therefore useless. Let me give you an example. Have you ever lost your phone, your cell phone? Have you ever lost your car keys? Come on, somebody, somebody be, yeah, okay. They're perfectly good. They're just not where they need to be, right? And because they're not where they need to be, they're not useful for you like they should. Perfectly good set of keys, but I cannot use them to get in the house because I can't find my keys. Perfectly good phone, but guess what? I can't use it. I'm getting Tammy or one of the kids to call so that if I can go around listening for it to ring and finding it down in the couch cushion or wherever I lost it at, you know what I'm saying? So think about loss as being out of place and useless for what you are supposed to be able to be used for. The sheep, the coin, the prodigal son are all out of place. They're just out of place. So if something is lost, something that is beloved, something's valued, something that is belong, belongs to the owner. The fourth word is, is salt because the owner places high value on that, which have you ever turned the house upside down looking for something? You know, turned the office, dug under the seat of the car to find something? Yes. You see, the owner places high value on it. It's worth it, loves it, loves the lost one as much as the found one. I'm gonna say that again. The lost sheep is just as important to the shepherd as the 99 that are in the pen. The lost silver coin is just as important to the woman as the nine that are in the bag. The prodigal son is just as beloved by the father as the elder son who's grumpy but stays home. So searching diligently, doesn't give up. The woman lights the lamp, sweeps the house. The father looks up the road to see if the prodigal son is gonna come home every single day. The owner is persistent, searching diligently, what does this mean to you and me? It means that God never gives up searching for the soul that's out of place. Have you ever prayed and prayed and prayed for somebody that you know, you know was just lost as a rat in high cotton, as we say in the country? Just so far away from God, just so far from being at home where they belonged. And you think, well, how long do I just keep praying? You never give up. Because God never gives up. Thank God that God never gives up, right? Fifth word, found. Yay! The owner searches till he finds it. Never gives up. The sheep is found. Put on the shoulders of the shepherd, carried back home. The coin is found. Returned to the bag. The woman's so happy. And I can just picture her getting a needle and thread and sewing up the hole in the back because she didn't want that to happen again, you know. The prodigal son comes up the road. The father runs and meets him and hugs him and gives him sandals and a ring and says, kill the fatted calf. And that brings me to the final word, which is celebration. I love that the final word is celebration. There is a party the shepherd says, 
Everybody, let's have a party. The sheep, we're having lamb chops. Does anybody get that? No, not having lamb chops today. We're, ha- we're eating vegan today, but we're having a party because the lamb that was lost is found. The woman, hey, everybody, I found that corn. We're having party. Everybody come to my house. The, the father says, kill the fatted calf. We're having a party. My lost son is found. Celebration, party. I love that. I love it. But not everybody loved it. Not everybody wanted to celebrate. Every day when Pastor Andy comes in, this is one of the things I love about this guy right here. Every day when he comes in, you know what he says every single day? He looks at my door and he says, Preacher Sam, you ready to party? Right? And I always say, yes. Right? Because I am. It's right. Celebration. The Pharisees and the scribes, though, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a visual have any of y'all seen the movie Forrest Gump? A lot of you have. Okay, so you remember when, when Forrest is young and he's wearing those big braces on his legs and he gets on the school bus for the first time. His mama puts him on the school bus and he gets on the school bus and he's clomping down the aisle on the school bus looking for a place to sit. And all these little kids with an overdone southern accent say can't sit here seats taken you know you know what i'm saying can't sit here and then and then jenny says you can sit here forest so jesus is like jenny and saying you can sit here everybody's welcome i don't know why i'm still talking in that southern accent Everybody's welcome here. We're having a party and you're invited too. The scribes and Pharisees are like, you can't sit here, you tax collector. They're not ready to celebrate. You know, they, they were like, if, if they were looking at my six word summary, they were like, belonging. No, those people don't belong. We belong. We're the chosen ones, right? We belong. They don't belong. We're, we're beloved. God values us. God doesn't value them. They're dogs. That's what they call the Gentiles. They're dogs. Women, tax collectors, no, uh-uh. And as far as being lost, how can they be lost if they never belong in the first place? They're where they need to be, on the outside. We don't want them in here. Saw and found, are you kidding me? Celebration, that doesn't make us want to celebrate. It makes us sick. It makes us want to spray disinfectant all everything, all over everything. They're not in the mood to party. But there is something to party over. John Newton understood that when he wrote those words, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. He knew there was something to, to celebrate when you're, you're far, far away and then you get home. 
there's no way around reading one of the parables and not seeing yourself because we, these parables are not, they're not just stories, right? We don't just look at them like we're examining something under a microscope. We look at them and I look at them and I say, okay, where's Sam in there? Where's, where am I at? Where am I? And I, I know where I am. You know, I, I know that the Lord is my shepherd and I'm a sheep. And, and sometimes I'm where I'm supposed to be with, with, with him. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm at home. And sometimes I stupidly wander off thinking that I'm going to find a shortcut. And I find myself in a jam. And I need to have the good shepherd to rescue me. And I look at myself and I know that there are sometimes that I feel like I've fallen through the cracks and rolled under the couch. And I, I, I need God like the, like the woman to light the lamp and sweep the house. I know that sometimes I'm the elder brother that does what he's supposed to but is so crabby about it, so resentful and not really in the mood to celebrate. And sometimes, sometimes, yes, I think I know better. And I go off and spend time in the far country until I come to myself and realize I need to be home with the Father. But I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper because I wanna say sometimes I'm ready to have a party with with Jesus and the tax collectors. But sometimes I feel kind of like, wait a minute, I'm special. They're not special, I'm special. Sometimes I, I, I find the Pharisee kind of part of me rising up. One last image I want you to see here is, is the, the lamp that the woman lights to search for the coin. Um, who's the lamp in the story? See, I, I, I think the church is the lamp, right? I think, I think we're supposed to be the lamp. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, you're, you're a light of the world. A city set on the hill can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a bushel. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. See, I th you know, we, we can't always say that we've done it right. We can't always say that we're exactly where we should be and we're useful for God the way we should be useful for God. We can't say that. We can't say, hey, we know more about the Bible, therefore we're more righteous than you. Or, or we can't say any of that. Because we don't belong to ourselves, we belong to him. We're only valuable because God values us, right? But we can shine our light. We can say, look, Here's the way back home. And we can say, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. You can sit here, Forrest. We can say that.
So I want to ask you um, to think in three things in closing. One is um, you, you may hear what I'm saying today and you may feel like you're one of those that's out of place and um, just off, just not at peace. I want you to know you're, you're welcome to come back home. And if you are one of those that feels like you're just right with God, just right where you need to be, then thank God for his amazing grace and pray for those that you know that are out there in the far country that have fallen through the cracks, right? And then look around you. Everybody look around you and see all of these beautiful faces who are here. Everybody that you come in contact with is beloved and belongs to God. You'll never look in the face of somebody that's not loved and highly valued by God. Now look around and see the people that are not here. They're loved and valued by God too. And let's get ready for a party, right? Let's pray. God, um, I pray that we can let sink deep into our hearts the message of lost and found, the message of belonging, the message that you are seeking, searching God, and the message that the kingdom of heaven is like a party where everyone is welcome. So God, may we take that core message into our heart and may we find our rest in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing for our closing hymn, a song that I remember singing a lot when I was growing up. Uh, Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. It's about being called to come home. And I want to invite you if, you, if you want to come and pray when we, when we sing this song, then you can come and pray. If you want to stay right where you are and pray for someone that you know that is far away from God that needs to come home, uh, then, then pray. If you, if you feel convicted that maybe you've been a little bit like the Pharisees and the scribes, then, then ask God um, to help you. If you, if you want to come and unite with this congregation and join this, this uh, family today, then, then we will celebrate and welcome you into our church family today. Stand as you're able, number 348.
Now may the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the amazing love of God the Father and the amazing fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all. Amen.